0: That's, that's called train up a child in the way it should go. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Love all you guys. I'm going to borrow some stools back here for a minute. It's my pleasure this morning to have with us Bree. Brianna Bree Peru, she is a, a friend from way back, uh, a missionary to Honduras, and uh, I have invited her to come and share a little bit. I'm probably going to do a little question and answer, and, and uh, come on up here, Ms. Brie. Um, you might have already seen the uh, banners in the back. It is from Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center and from Vessels of Mercy Clinic. Have a seat right here. you your microphone. these folks for a second.
1: Um, Hello, good morning. It's a privilege to be with you guys this morning. Um, As Pastor Paul said, my name is Bree, and the reason I say Bree instead of Brianna is because that's what my friends call me, and as of right now, you guys are all friends, and I really find it a privilege to be with you guys this morning and to share about a very special place to my heart.
0: Amen. Um, I I met Bree on a a short-term trip with Lee University, she had come down and, and you actually heard me talk about her probably a few weeks ago when I talked about a young lady who came down and, and um, told me she was gonna come back, but how many kids have I heard say I'm coming back that never come back? Well, she's not one of those. Um, Bree, Bree is not only um, a passionate teacher, but she's a soccer player. She was on Lee University soccer team for four years and uh, champion. Yeah. <laughs> so she has thrived in her element there in Honduras and really made an, a great impact. Uh, she has now been placed as the academic coordinator for the whole school. And uh, she, she, uh, as you heard me say previously, she actually uh, finished her master's degree from the university. So she is uh Uh, being a great influence for our program and we're really excited. So how did you get connected with Quebec?
1: Okay, so um, like Pastor Paul said, that was actually the first time I had met him was in 2015. Um, At Lee, they have a cross-cultural experience where it doesn't necessarily have to be out of the country, but most of the time it is. Um, They want us to be globally aware and um, a lot of times they like to focus on missions and um, the, the Representative from our school that takes that trip, William Lamb, was a very close um, role model for me at the school. He's a, a Dr. Lamb now. And um, he was pressuring me and pressuring me, hey, you should come with me on my trip, on my trip. And in fact, it was actually not, I wasn't supposed to go on that trip because soccer, we were going to go to Scotland, I think. And that trip fell through. So. I had to go. You have to go on a cross-cultural trip to graduate. So I called William and was like, I've got to go with you. I hope you have space. And he's like, yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, Let's do it. So I went down and um, Pastor Paul and his family were still living there at the time and um, got to be at the school and go and do outreach, got to play soccer with the boys. And um, so I had a lot of fun down there and I was like, I want to stay, this is great. I'm not getting back on the plane. And My mom was like, oh no, yes you are. And so um, I did go back. I hadn't graduated with my bachelor's at that time. So got back on the plane obviously and um, graduated with my bachelor's, got my master's um, through a, another scholarship um, at the school. I wasn't going to be a teacher. In fact, my mom told me do not be a teacher, anything, don't be a teacher. And um, <laughs> um, because I had my undergrad in English and um, had planned on doing speech therapy or something along those lines. But I actually got a free scholarship to get my master's in education. And so I told mom, how am I gonna pass up that opportunity? I'll use that to pay for you know an, another de- my speech therapy degree. Um, but he heard that I was getting my master's in education and called me and he was like, the school needs teachers. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> um, and so he, um, so the first time I went was in 2015. He contacted me, I think, in like April or March of 2016. I was still doing my student teaching. And I tried to throw every excuse. My grandparents are not healthy. My mom needs me at home. It just didn't seem very, like it's, it's hard to think about moving abroad or working abroad. It just didn't seem like it could happen. And so finally, I was like, you know, actually, my grandparents are, they're come back, you know, they're healthy, they're getting better, sure. I'll agree to a year. I'll come help the school for a year because it seems like they were very desperate specifically for that year. It was just a year. Well, that's what I was planning on.
0: (laughs) So Um, what what was it that really um, (laughs) pricked your heart to uh, be there more than a
2: year?
1: Oh, it was um, probably after spring break, because I told my mom in about March, I'm coming back next year, and she was like, um, you said a year, because I promised her that was kind of like the only way she would let me go. I was like, Mom, it's a year, don't worry, Um, think of it as a gap year, and then, you know, when I get back, I'll I'll, um, go back to school for speech therapy, and she was like, okay. And um, it was about a little bit before spring break where I was like, no, I'm going to stay next year, too, just another year. I didn't feel like I got enough accomplished, one more year. And
0: needless to say, her mother doesn't like me.
1: (laughs) Um, And so it's been four years. I just completed my fourth year. This will be my fifth school year. I think in school years. I don't know if there's any other teachers in your Mm -hmm. church family, but I think in school years. So when I'm like, oh, yeah, it's been a year, I think from August to to June or August to May. And so um, it's been this will be my fifth year. Um, obviously i'm here the school has actually started but we've had you know some problems with um, travel and stuff with the pandemic but yeah i've been there four years this will be my fifth year i plan on making it my life um, my mom hates to hear that but i told her hey you've got a really good reason to come you know vacation over to Rotan. so
0: <laughs> you know um just for your information this is the a school that the lord allowed us to to found uh, me and kim are the considered the founders of Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center. Uh, Honestly, I'm overwhelmed by that title. Every time I go to a graduation each year, uh, I I feel humbled because honestly, it was God putting me in the right place at the right time, being able to fulfill a vision that had already been boiling for years and uh, allowing me to be the connector of finances. I know that we're going to see a little five-minute video in a minute of the facilities of some of the classes and things like that. But you know, the the main building, the first building that that was built specifically for the school, was a miracle out of Moose Jaw, Canada. And uh, I, I just happened to connect with a, a a Church of God in Moose Jaw, Canada, and uh, they their hearts were tugged by the project, and. Uh, and they wanted to be a part of that. They raised $90,000 dollars and came down for two weeks and helped build the school. Isn't that amazing? Amen. They tell me God ain't, Tell me God, can't do something. Come on. God's able. He's able. So um, in, in our first year, which you know most people start things like first through third or kindergarten, I'm not smart enough to do those things. So I started with kindergarten through ninth grade. And uh, we were overwhelmed with 180 students our first year, but uh, what's happened since then?
1: Um, we've actually had quite a bit of growth. I think you guys had the school open for two or three years before I got
0: you came. You came forward. year two. Really? Yeah, you yeah. were...
1: Okay, well, I was there year two. So this is my fifth year year there, like I said. Um, Currently, we're at 204 students, but there's more being added daily. Um, Our school secretary will be like, hey, we got two more students, let's get them set up, because we are online right now. Um, It's been a little bit of a challenge, but we're making it work. Um, And we expect, as the year goes on, that we're gonna have more and more um, added. We had over 250, 260 last year, I believe and so it's it's been great we're from pre-k all the way to 11th grade now that's their senior year it's great
0: amen <laughs> amen
1: so along with being the academic coordinator i'm actually the english teacher for all of high school and i love it it's great um, <laughs> So from actually from 7th to 11th because we consider it from 7th grade to 11th grade secondary um, or high school is what they call it um, in English. And it's, it's awesome because I get to teach the kids every year and, and I love it. Um, some things that they've added, they've got um, a computer lab. So they get um, courses in computer and coding. They take like really advanced level classes too. Like they take physics and um, biochem, like classes that I don't tell them
0: some of you uh, (laughs) some of you students in here quit whining
1: yeah for real because those aren't optional like the the Honduran government requires that they take all of these courses because they don't have the options to choose their classes like we do here in the state so they take all of those courses Um, they even like take all the way through pre-calculus and math and stuff so they're very high level we just added our third language so they're learning French Um, so they all know another language that I don't know Um, but it's just it's really awesome like I've been just impressed and amazed at how far we've come and grown in the past um, four years
0: so I think you've kind of shared how the schools impacted you um, but how is the school impacting the community
1: we um, have a lot of different projects service projects throughout the year Uh, as seniors they're required to do some social work so they always try to impact the local community because that was always the vision, was to be a light to the local community and um, so they always look to improve whether it be community cleanup or they've um, constructed different areas for trash in the community or they minister to the um, public schools and their tutors for the, the public school students. There's different things um, for Thanksgiving. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but they do so for me. How kind of them so <laughs> that I can still celebrate my holiday and give us the day off. But we've adopted it and because it's still a great principle for anyone to have around the world to to focus on how we should be grateful. And so during that time, we do food drives and give out the the baskets to local community members. And so we've implemented a lot of different service projects. And also um, there's a Cattleya, the special needs school, um, different Grades, typically from the high school, will take a day. They like to do it on Children's Day, um, which is coming up. They need to add that here in the States. They celebrate all the kids. It's a big, fun ordeal. But they usually go and visit them and take a pinata, take sweets, and go and play games with the uh, special needs children. And our kids love it just as much as them. They'll be like, "Miss Bree, are we going to Catlea this year? I'm like, Absolutely. So it's really cool. They they like to be involved, and we plan on implementing that more and more as the years go on. I would love to do—there's um, a goal or a dream that we've talked to um, with Miss Esley, our director, about um, starting, like, a, a drama team or ministry team that we can take on the, the island. Um, of course, when a school's first starting, you have to focus a lot on the academics and in-house. But as we grow, we want to focus on reaching out to the island.
0: Amen. So what sets Quebec apart from the— public schools
1: i have not i I say privilege but i have not had the opportunity to to go into a public school yet and i really want to but i know a lot about it because we have some teachers at our school that have taught in public school or they do because they have different times they have classes in the morning and classes in the evening and so some of them teach classes in the evening after our typical school day and it just breaks my heart to hear about the the you know, that the the lack of resources and the how many students are in one classroom, like 40 to 60 students in one classroom with one teacher. I'm like, how in the world do they get anything accomplished? And even in um, the community that I go to church in, I've asked some of the kids that go to public school, I'm like, what do you guys like, what do you learn? And they're like, well, we can't, we just talk all day. And it's just, it's not a good learning environment. And so the private schools on the island, specifically Kingdom or Quebec, um, really wants to focus on an excellent education, particularly because we want these students to be prepared to go to college wherever they wanna go. We've had several graduates that have gone off to college to different countries, which I think is amazing. And not a lot of schools on the island can say that. They get stuck there um, and on the island or stuck in Honduras. That's not necessarily the worst thing. Um, education is growing and getting better. However, we want them to know that they have the opportunities to go their places we've had a student that went to Austria to study we've had several students go to the United States we had one um, Spain Spain. yeah so um, it's it's been great and we anticipated a lot more this year but some things have kind of um, been messed up but hopefully we get to hear about some more starting in um, the January um, semester or even next year
0: the underlying um, Need that I saw when I was there that really <coughs> pricked my heart to uh, want to see a a Christian bilingual school was the fact that um, when you look at the the overwhelming job market within the, the country and especially in the islands that in most neighborhoods they were they were 50 to 70 percent unemployment. I mean literally there there were no jobs. There were no abilities, and if you did not speak English, you had even a, a greater um, disadvantage because the, the fastest growing market of being able to feed your family was tourism. And many of you who've taken a cruise have probably landed at Rotan at one time, at Mahogany Bay, and you've went and seen all the pretty sights, but, um, you know, these kids didn't have that privilege, didn't have the opportunity. So. That was one of the underlying desires, but the other side of that was the fact that uh, there was no. The the public school systems start in February, and go through November, Mm -hmm. November, and many times they would be they would actually um, they would be striking because teachers were government paid. Um, Some of you teachers in here. I know that uh, sometimes it gets frustrating and when you're in a system but um, can you imagine working for three and four months and not getting a paycheck and expecting and these kids showing up at your doorstep every week and so at some points the extremes were they would they would literally strike for a month to two months until they would get a paycheck and and so what I saw was, you know, is here's these kids roaming the streets all the time with no ability to go to school because the schools wasn't open because the teachers wasn't paid. And so we wanted to offer that, you know, instead of just giving food, which we have a feeding program that we were able to be a part of, the I Am, uh, I Was program. And uh, in that program, we do, feed, uh, we do feed kids who are going to school on a daily basis. We have about 120 kids that we feed daily. But the idea was, I can give them fish, or I can teach them to fish. And so, the, the the I met with the local churches and asked them, "What is your vision? What is your desire?" And just seeing the tears in their eyes, saying, "We want, we want to see children being ministered to. We want to see our the kids of our families, our neighborhoods having an opportunity that they would not have otherwise." And so, by God's grace, let me say, that it was miraculous. Every step of the way was miraculous, because, you know, uh, being able to start something like that, there's so much government control, and how God opened the door every step of the way from from politicians, from local uh, educational authorities, over and over, God opened those doors to allow us this opportunity, and to see that, that ministries continue, literally the the ultimate reason why why this school hasn't gone to 500 kids is the lack of facilities to be able to to house the kids we just don't have the facilities to have that many kids there so uh Bree, with that said what is what is probably the you know some of the specific needs up front that that you see
1: um Probably number one would be the, the secondary side, the side that I work in on campus. And like Pastor Paul said, you're gonna see um, inside the school and the classrooms. And the high school side, I'm, I'm, the building was there before, um, obviously I was there, and it was actually for the church. So it was. it's a, a little older than the, the building that was built for the school. And so the elementary school kids and teachers have the nicer um, side of the facility. And so on the high school side is, Um, overdue for some renovation, um, particularly with the floors and um, even the roof needs some um, repair. Mainly the floors though, there's a lot of places where it's getting pretty thin and you know the high school kids can get kind of big. They're, you know, foot taller than me sometimes. Um, So specifically that is the biggest need. Um, The school has a a lot of other projects in mind. But of course, we need to start with our needs. So the high school side and with the flooring, there's some here and there um, like wall repair and floor repairs on also on the elementary side. There's some um, pipe work that needs some um, fixing with the the school's restrooms. So there's some campus repairs that are needed. Um, and, And specifically right now, because like I said, there's families that are not Um, Being able to matriculate or register their children into the school right now because of lack of funds because like he said tourism is the main source of income. What's been closed right now cruises flights. Um, So a lot of families that are in tourism don't have any income right now they haven't for five months. Um, So they are It's open back up, so economy is starting to start back up and that's great and we're hoping that the kids will be able to um, get registered for classes and join us in classes. But because of that, we're very tight in our budget. So the money that we have right now is going to our teacher's salaries. um, So we don't have strikes. Um, (laughs) So um, there is some facility and luckily like amazing that this is like the best time for us to do these renovations because we can't be on campus. So the kids are out right now so that we could go in and make these renovations and, and do these projects. So hopefully we're able to um, raise some money. Um, I, my local home church is in Cleveland, nearly University, um, South Cleveland Church of God. So um, they always try to support me and um, and they've taken a trip over there as well. So we're hoping to raise funds for the school to help um, make some renovations.
0: Is there a way that, that folks can actually sponsor a child?
1: Absolutely, so um, in fact, m- <laughs> Marjorie is um, the little girl that my mom and her coworkers sponsor. Um, It's approximately 125 $125 US dollars a month for the student to go to school. So what my mom did was she went, got in her office and she's like, hey guys, my daughter, because I wanted to sponsor this little girl. I was like, mom, I love Marjorie so much and I want her to go to private school. I hate that she goes to public school so I'm gonna sponsor her. And my mom was like, what? How are you gonna afford to sponsor her? It's like, I don't know, I'm gonna make it happen. So instead, I was, well, what I was gonna do is partner with my mom. I was like, let's split it. And she was like, okay, but let me try to figure something out. So what she did was she um, did like a little campaign in her office at Lee. She works at Lee as well. And she got four other ladies to sponsor Marjorie with her. So then they only send $25 each a month to sponsor Marjorie to be able to go through school. And they've committed, obviously, to send her all the way through. So she's in sixth grade this year. I'm excited. Um, Well, maybe they take my seventh grade English class away since I'm getting more responsibilities. But I'm excited to actually be Marjorie's teacher soon. and so they send their money through um, Church of God World Missions. They ha- there's a project number for the school. So all they do is either direct deposit or send the money each month so that they can send Marjorie to school. And Marjorie, oh my gosh, she's so precious. Every year I get her and I'm like, hey, um, I'm going home. Would you like to send your sponsor some cards? So she'll send cards. She sent Christmas ornaments. She sent them a video telling them because it just means so much. The dad was literally in tears. And I, I love their family. Um, I got close to their family visiting other churches when I first um, came to the island. And he was in tears, just thank you, thank you so much because um, he's a single father and he has four kids and so she's the youngest and he wanted her to, he was sending her to school in the day, public school in the day, and then was sending her to English school in the evenings because he he knew that she needed English. But now she's getting um, all of her education at the one place. So he was in tears and so it's just amazing how grateful. Um, the families and the students are for education, something that we um, take for granted over here so many times, I think.
0: Amen. Can we give Miss Bree a big hand? Thank you. Um, we also sponsor a Founders Scholarship that is divided of, identified by a a pastors' Council there that actually helps specific um, s- specific needs. For example, this year we had a, a young a, one of the teachers. Uh, I mean, she's only like 41, but she had a uh, she had a stroke, and uh, so her kid was actually having to not go to school because she couldn't afford to send her to school. So um, you know, the founder scholarship actually supported that child this year. And so, if you'd like to be a part of that that ministry. There's a booth uh, over um, to my right, your left, at the end of service, if you'd like to talk to Brie a little more. Uh, there's the project numbers. Uh, we didn't talk about Vessels of Mercy Clinic, but there's also a clinic as well that, uh, that Kim and I had the privilege of being a part of uh, starting, and uh, it operates in the French Key community um, and touches about 30,000 people uh, each year. So God is, God's faithful, isn't he? amen. I'm going to share a message for about 10 minutes. Is that okay? Can you handle that? But before I do, I want to just show you uh, this this five-minute video.
2: A chosen generation we been called for to show his excellence hey. all i require for life god has given me and i know who i am we are a chosen generation we been called for to show his excellence all i require for life has given me, for I know For to show these excellence
0: Verse 18, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Now, he he goes on and says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. You know, when I think about missions, I, I understand you... I've said this many times over the years that missions is not crossing the seas, but it's seeing the cross. And I recognize that God's called every one of us, every one of us who've experienced the love of God, every one of us who have asked Jesus Christ to come into our heart to be our personal Savior. We, every one of us, are literally a missionary in some context, form or fashion, wherever we are. How many understand that? Isn't that awesome? And, and even when we understand the word, go therefore, it, it literally is not, that's not the command of this, of this chapter, really, it's make disciples, it's baptize, right, it's teach, these are the things that are the, the commands that are given, because what is implied is, is that as you go, or having gone, in other words, when you understand the authority of God, we understand that there's something that needs to be shared with the world. Paul said it this way, I, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. How many understand that, amen? So right here he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Now, when I think of that, I'm overwhelmed with the idea because when I think of heaven, I think of all of the beautiful stars that are out there. I think of all the constellations and all the beauty that we look up. How many love stargazing? I mean, I love that. I love to be able to pull up the app. You know how many know you have that app on your phone where you can kind of say, well, where's that constellation or what's that star? And and to think of how enormous and how glorious the heavens are because I believe the Bible tells us that the heavens declare His glory, right? And to see all the glory that's there, there's one particular star that is mentioned in the Bible and it's called Arcturus. And it's literally 30, 30 light years away from the earth. And to think of, about that particular star itself, it's traveling at a rate of 70 miles per second. Come on. I mean, some of y'all drive fast, but, and y'all driving 70 miles per hour. 70 miles per second. Now, if you translate that for some of you guys, and I'm sure that my son will correct me at the end of service, but if you translate that, that is like, uh, that's like 4,200 miles per second hour. See, I'm telling you, I'm having help here. <laughs> now, okay, per minute. 4,200 miles per minute, that which is 2,000, no, 252,000 miles per hour. Y'all think y'all drive fast? you talking about your daddy, ain't you? My kids better be quiet. I mean, that just blows my mind, and and, and I'm sure because in in Job chapter uh, 28, verse 32, the Lord tells Job, he says, how can can you control Arcturus? Can you imagine that? I mean, in other words, he's saying, look, I have the power, I have the ability to control the stars, to guide Arcturus. Do you think you can do that? At 252,000 miles per hour? I don't think so, right? And, 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 and then just it's amazing to think that this star is 30 times larger than the sun. And, and, and then to think that the sun is 1,250,000 no, times larger than the earth. Can you imagine the enormity of that? And, and just to think, all power in heaven and in earth. This just blows my mind. I think so many times we limit God. We we put God in such a box to think God can only do uh, this, or God, you can't heal this, or you can't... Look, let me tell you something. If God can guide a star 1,250,000 times larger than our sun, if he can guide that star at 250, uh, 252,000 miles per hour, guess what? Your problem is not too big for God. Amen? Amen. And to think that when we grasp the enormity of God's ability, then we understand all authority. And we want to tell somebody. How many of you ever had something good happen to you? You just go, woo, I got to tell somebody. Woo! Huh? You bought that new car or you get that new house or... You put a new front on your face, uh, your, your fall stuff on, in front of your house. And it just looks good, Hannah, right? God, tell everybody, Whoo, I just did this and don't it look good. Can you imagine if we grasped the enormity and the power of God in such a wonderful way? How much more should we rejoice at the fact that that same God That God who loves us, who saved us out of an abundance of sin, who forgave us of sin, who changed our life, how much more should we proclaim who He is? Come on, somebody. Amen. All all power in heaven and on earth. You know, when I think about the earth, you know, literally everything's consistent of atoms, right? I'm having to look at my scientific kids these days. And, and, And in that nucleus... There are protons. And to think that protons literally, like the positive things, I've never tried to put a magnet together.
2: It
0: just don't happen, right? And to think that those protons are so tightly knit together in that one little atom that probably can fit you know, hundreds of them on the tip of a, a stick pin. Isn't that crazy? And, and think about this, that they've, they've, they've harnessed the technology that, if you, that you introduce uh, something in there that could slow the process, and when you divide those, it made an atomic bomb. And we all know what, how that has affected the world, right? So, to think that in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that every, by him and for him all things existed and he held everything together. You think of all this in this one little nucleus that literally, by splitting it, causes an atomic bomb, an explosion to gargantuous proportions, and yet God holds it all together. If he's that powerful, he's more powerful than any atomic bomb that this world has ever acknowledged, and the same power, he says, those who have the Holy Spirit flow in them shall be filled with the... The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And they shall be endued with power. That power means dunamis power, dynamite power, anointing. Uh, And if we grasp the understanding that we have been anointed with that same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, indwells every single one of us. Somebody ought to give God praise in this house. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Amen. 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 And to think that that is all available to us. That kind of power. Now look, I, I get it that, that we have this anointing, we have this ability, we have this power. And sometimes we, uh, it, it's easy to get frustrated with the world. How many know Peter? You heard about old Peter? He's such a good disciple. And, and, and even when they came to, get, came to get Jesus in the garden, Peter pulled out his sword. He said, wait a minute. You're not messing with my Lord. He said, Peter, Peter, wait a minute. He said, that's not how we do things. He said, do you not know that I have the power to call 12 legions of angels to defend me? Look, Jesus said, look, we're not going to fight that way. We have an, a, a, a better plan than the world's plans. Come on, somebody needs to know that this morning. And Jesus said, all authority, all power has been given to me. And when we grasp a hold of that, I mean, we can understand that even even Pilate, when Jesus was standing to be tried, he says, don't you know that I have the power to give you life or to put you to death? And he said, no, 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 no. Jesus says, the only power that you've been given has been given to you by my Father. Come on now. How many know that we have been given authority in Christ Jesus? And, and, and when we grasp the understanding of that anointing, when we grasp the, the heights and depths of the authority and the power of God, he then says, go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them. I had somebody tell me this morning, uh, Ben, Ben said, I want to be baptized. I said, come on, brother. I said, that's a declaration that I am so excited for you about, buddy. I'm excited that you have stated that I want want to be baptized. I know Jesus is my personal Savior. I know that he's my Lord, and I want to follow his example in baptism. Because, you know, we we talk so flagrantly or just uh, haphazardly about baptism, but can you imagine what baptism meant to those in those days? I mean, in our cultural Christianity context of this world, you know, we, we can get baptized today and nobody, you know, it's no big deal. But to think that in those days for you to be baptized was literally a renunciation of your religion and in many cases a renunciation of your family because you were considered a cast out. You, you are turning your back on Judaism. You're turning your back on whatever uh, religion that they were following at the time to, to sacrifice that whole idealism to follow Jesus Christ. I mean we don't grasp that especially in our westernized mentality of Christianity and so and so to understand even in Muslim countries today even in in, uh, Hindu countries today it is such a huge uh, sacrifice when they say I accept the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior and they say I want to be baptized they're literally putting themselves in some cases in life sentences in death sentences if you will Because they're saying, I don't want to be a part of this religion anymore of Muslims. I don't want to be a part of this faith anymore because I know there's something better, something different, and it's the truth. It is Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So when we make that declaration, we're not flippantly making a decision just to to get ourselves wet and whether it be a hot or cold tub. But we're declaring, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And I'm dedicated and committed to Him just as He was dedicated and committed to me when He hung on the cross of Calvary for my sins. I accept that gift and I'm willing to follow Him to the ends of the age. And baptism is a sacrifice, meaning I am burying the old man and I'm raised again as new and living creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That is what we're saying. Saying. And Jesus is saying, Go into all the world. Matthew or Mark declares, go into, go into all the world, telling all nations. Can you imagine the, the the explosion in the minds of these Galileans, his disciples, as he says, go into all the world? It's like somebody, you know, down from Louisville, Louisville, <laughs> locally. Who hasn't been out of their county too much? I know that's none of y'all, right? Where, where we where we previously moved from in in Lawrence County, somebody talked about going a long way. They're talking about going down, you know, over to the other side of the county. I, we we were talking to one lady one day, and she said, "Well, I, I just rarely get to see my kids. They live so far away." And I'm thinking, man, they must live in another state. And she says, "Yeah, they live down the." In Leoma, down on the other side of the county, I'm like, that's just like 25 minutes away. Get in your car, peoples. I mean, you can walk there. But, but to think that the, the mindset of these Galileans who may have never left the territory, may have never left the region, and here's Jesus declaring to them that you will go into all the world and declare this gospel. You will go around the globe, if you will, to declare this gospel. Can you imagine the mind-blowing uh, understanding of these? Well, what? Bro, I'm just trying to find out who my family is, and you want me to go to the around the world. But here's the, here's the great thing about this, because, yes, it's a sacrifice for those who accept Christ Jesus, but it's also a sacrifice because he says, teaching them all things that I've commanded you. I, I believe that. When we think about Christianity today, I I feel like we have lost the focus of what our goal is. Our goal is not to collaborate a thousand people together so that we can make them shout. Our goal is not to come in and make us feel good so we get the little goosebumps and we walk out and we're happy. Our goal is to teach the nations. And how many people right now Are you teaching? How many people do you have identified that you are actually discipling right now? If you, and and this is not to be derogatory, it's not to feel condemnation because the Bible says there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is just an encouragement because when we understand that if we want revival, these are the factors of revival because revival will uh, will be an outbirth of mission. It will give you something to do. And in teaching other people, every one of us who accepted jesus christ are called to teach somebody else who are we developing who have we identified that we are pouring into who are we making the sacrifice uh, who might be sandpaper to us at times come on somebody Uh, that we're trying to help and shape and mold for the purpose of the kingdom of god who are we discipling go and make disciples baptizing them teaching them all things that I've commanded you and lo, I will be with you. The greatest fact is, and this is where I'm closing because, you know, I don't have a watch on so I don't know what time it is. It's a hair past my um, my poison ivy. But the fact is, is this, is that I know that it can be mind-blowing. I know that it can be you know, frustrating. I know that it seems like how in the world am I how can I connect? How am I able to disciple this generation? How can they don't understand me. They they've gone crazy. How many know that some people call this generation crazy? But that's not true. Just because a few people's gone crazy doesn't mean the whole generation's crazy. If that's the case, the 60s would have declared something. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all still there. I'm just kidding. But here's, here's the crux of it all. And lo, I will be with you even to the end of the age. I don't know about you, but I just felt the presence of the Lord just then. to know that we've not been called to do this by ourselves, to know that we have not been commissioned to go out there in our own abilities, with our own strategies, with our own understanding, but that He, with all of His authority, with all of His knowledge and understanding of how the earth was formed and how the stars were created and and how that He was a part of that whole process, can look at us and say, if you'll follow me, if you'll take the step to say, I'm ready to serve. If you'll step in, in faith, and know that I'm with you, I will lead you. I will guide you. You know, Egypt, as Israel was leaving, they had to do something out of faith. They had to do something that many people today would not be willing to do because the water didn't part until a foot went in. And in in, in our mind's eyes, we're saying, that's impossible because there's water there. How do you expect me to get to the other side? And God said, if you'll just step in, I'll make the water part. If you'll take the step of faith, if you'll be willing to trust me and know that I'm with you. And even if it looks impossible, it's not impossible for me. Even if you know that in your own abilities, and your own supply, It's impossible. Do you not know that if I can pull a a coin out of a fish's mouth to pay taxes, come on. If I can speak and light breaks forth, don't you know that I'm able to touch you, to be with you, to give you the words to say? He even says, Don't worry about what you'll say. But in that moment, if you'll just trust me, I'll teach you. I'll speak through you. Guys, we're called for a mission. And there's people all around us. There's people in your neighborhood. There's next door neighbors. There's coworkers. Seth, there's kids that walk down the hallways of Heritage High School that need a light of Jesus. And I know, I get it, man. Justin, Tammy, I get it. Guys, it's so difficult to be able to express. You don't have that ability in the context legally these days. But your life is a light. Your life is a light. I remember as a substitute teacher, I I substitute taught because I just love being in the school. And I remember, you know, I didn't have to declare anything. I just had to be me and show some love. And kid after kid after kid comes to me and says, where you go to church at? You asking? Yeah. I said, let me tell you what. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Look, God wants to use all of you. Donna, those kids who are rolling around, jumping around and tossing and tumbling, God can use you right there to show some love to those kids, right? Every one of us have the ability. Whether you're the Whitney, whether you are got those kids one-on-one in your office and you're trying to lead them through the struggles that they're facing, caring for them compassionately, every one of us have the ability to touch somebody. And Jesus is with you all the way. I pray that this is a spark for us. I recognize that we've been talking about revival. We've talked about the necessity of prayer and revival. We've talked about the necessity of the word and revival. I want us to understand that today we're talking about the necessity of missions and revival. Thank you, Bree, for coming today to to share something that's passionate to my heart. But there's others that we're going to bring in because I want us to be connected to not only the local outreaches that God's given us the privilege to be a part of, like Manna. Now, some people may not re- realize, did you know that your church is the largest distribu- distribution center in Blunt County to the needs of this community? Did you realize that? Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> we, we touch anywhere from 100 to 200 and sometimes more families, not just people, but families every single week. That's that's amazing. And that, that ministry is an umbrella that covers God's kitchen. It covers God's closet. And hopefully in the near future, we're going to be covering uh, Celebrate Recovery. That's God's, that's the ministry we have locally. But let us reach into the world. Let us touch through Kingdom Bilingual Educational Center. Let us touch through Vessels of Mercy. Let us touch through Manning Thornton and and others who may God may lead our way so that we can be a part of that. But then again, not everybody can go, but everybody can sponsor and support, right? And if you can't go, let's do that. Let's chip in. Let's be a part. Let's be a a kingdom player in his plan. Look, we're going to do some trips. If old Corona hadn't hit, we'd already be on. One, we'd already been on one and come back. And, and we're going. We're replanning that already for June of next year. Let's pray about what we can do. Let's let you pray about what you'd like to be a part of. If you'd like to, even give today towards Kingdom. Uh, we'll set up a basket at each door that you can give to as you leave today. But let's be a part. Amen. 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 Well, I've got to close with communion. These guys are ready. I'm telling you, man. Every first Sunday, we participate in communion. We are a part of uh, wanting to make sure that we are recognizing the body of Christ and what he's done for us. And so I appreciate being a part of a church who values uh, this opportunity to declare God's word. Amen. Guys, would you go ahead and, and serve? I hope that you have been praying with me. I have been meeting with our leaders and our staff. And we are looking at opportunities to, to help give greater clarity and community and communion uh, with our body. We're looking at better paths of communication. Um, there's two things that there's two things that, that really touch my heart that I feel like that we have to do. And that is we need to be the most caring that we can be. Every person in this room needs to know that you're cared for. And, and, and presently, we're, we're fighting for that. We, we're trying. But we want to develop a, a, a system where everyone is accounted for and cared for. Number two, what we, we want to do is make sure everyone has the ability to find a place to be equipped. Because ultimately, we can't make disciples if we're not a disciple. Come on, and so care and equipping are are grounded in the in the two things that we want to see taking place in this church, and and I get it that that you know we've got a lot of different train cars, and and these train cars are pretty and shiny and they're doing great things. Some are going at different velocities. Some are going at different directions but what I would like to see is to see all of our train cars connected. How many know that when we're connected and we're going the same direction at the same velocity, we can go farther faster? Amen? Look, I, I'm not saying that, look, to me, I don't need to be a thousand-member church to do that. But I do believe that whatever size we are, whether we're 30 or 200 or, or 300 or 350, that we need to be the most effective that we can, walking with excellence because this is God's kingdom, this is God's plan, caring the most effectively that we can care and equipping the most equipping that we can. Amen. Is that right to share my heart with you? Because I love you. <laughs> love you lots. I appreciate our serve teams and all that they do to make Our services go well. Thank you guys and gals so much for all that you're doing. We started this journey today before I preached with there's power in the blood. When I think of all that he's done for me, I'm overwhelmed at his love. You might stand with me right now. Jesus left his eternal throne, voluntarily taking on the flesh that we walk in ourselves. In order to be able to be a sympathetic Savior, understanding all of the trials and all the the temptations that we face. The Bible says, in all ways he was likewise tempted without sin. And so, therefore, he became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this morning, let us remember that sacrifice. Would you take that bread right now? Lord, we do honor you and we do thank you. God, we are overwhelmed with your love, your faithfulness, your compassion. Your generosity and your care. And today, Lord, we recognize that it was your it was your body broken that made us able to enter into the Holy of Holies. It was the veil of your flesh that was rent or torn apart, offering us the passage into the presence of your glories. And God, we recognize that. We thank you for that gift this morning. We honor you, Jesus. He told his disciples to take the cup. This cup of blood was of the new covenant. He said, take and drink. Lord, today, there's still power in the blood. Today, there's still, over 2,000 years later, As that blood was shed at Calvary, there's still healing in the blood. There's still deliverance in the blood. There's still salvation in the blood. There's still the covering of your blood. no longer does the Father look at us through the the flesh of our own bones, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we walk under the covering and covenant of your love. And God, may we also share that love with everyone we come in contact with. For your word says it's not... My will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And Lord, may we carry the message of love that the same Jesus who gave his life for us did it for everyone around the world at all times, forever and ever. God, may we accept and value and appreciate the gift of your blood for us. We give you praise and honor. We thank you for what you've done for us. And we honor you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. May we also be faithful. I pray today as you leave that you understand that you are walking in his favor, that may his face shine on you. May the glory of the Lord use you. May you be a missionary wherever you go. In Jesus' name, amen. Bree, if you'll go back to that counter. God bless you guys.